Hi, and welcome to 10-Minute Treadmill Stories. I'm Stacy. I'm Jonah. This is where we have a story that is about 10 minutes long, about someone who's interesting or fascinating facts or neato discoveries. Neato. <laughs> neato discoveries, trademark, Stacy, 2021. <laughs> Thank you. What's on the menu today? This is the story of Katherine Switzer, the first woman to run as an official registrant in the Boston Marathon. Oh, is this the one with the famous photo? It is the one with the famous photo. Yes. So Catherine was actually born in Germany in 1947. Her dad was a major in the army and they had been stationed over there. But the family returned to the United States in 1949. And Catherine had like a super normal childhood. They lived in Virginia. She went to high school. She went to college in 1967 and she studied journalism and English lit. I'm going to cut in real quick. Yeah. To confirm you're saying uh, she was born in Germany to American parents. Correct. Indeed. Okay. As soon as you said born in Germany, her dad was in the army. I'm like, hmm, doing what? <laughs> this is not a spy story. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to make sure I'm rooting for this gal. All right. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so she went to college and she got a bachelor's and then a master's degree. But when she was still in college, she decided she wanted to run in the Boston Marathon. She had a coach. His name was Arnie Briggs. And even he was against a female running in the Boston Marathon. Um, he said that a marathon was, quote, too far for a fragile woman to run, end quote. But uh, she kept insisting, and he finally said that if anyone could do it, it was her, and he made her prove to him that she was capable and said that if she ran the distance in practice, he would take her to Boston. And guess what? She did it. Bet he didn't let her drive there either, though. <laughs> Probably not. Now, the Boston Marathon had always been a men's-only event for 70 years, but Catherine just to make sure she could do it, check the rule book. And there was no actual rule against women competing or even a mention of gender at all. So she registered for the race. I hate to make this comparison, but this is also how Airbud was able to play basketball. <laughs> it doesn't say no dogs allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's funny that you bring that up because I actually do have a bit of an issue with that sort of mentality. Like, well, it doesn't say I can't slap you in the face. <laughs> but, you know, this I agree with. It was either going to be the comparison of Airbud or Babe Pig in the city who was able to be a herder because there wasn't any rules saying it had to be a human herding the sheep. Okay. I tried to pick the lesser of the two evils. But oh, anyways, if I'll be getting myself out of this hole if you just want to continue on. That'll do, Jonah. That'll do. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I'll keep my, sn my snout shut. <laughs> Um, so uh, she ran the distance in practice and then he had to take her to Boston. So she registered for the race the way that she was supposed to do it. She filled out the required paperwork. She submitted the full race fee and she even acquired a certificate of fitness, which I didn't know you had to have. Um, but she did it all. She got it. And she signed the form KV Switzer. And that was not necessarily an attempt to fool anyone. She had always signed her name that way because apparently there was some sort of like misprint on her birth certificate. So she just used her initials to avoid confusion. But it also came in handy for this particular situation as well. 
Mm-hmm. So she's training for the marathon with her coach and the big day arrives and she's ready to go. She attaches her number to her clothes. She's number 261 and her father was super supportive of her entry into the race. And on race day, when she got there, other runners um, were greeting her with support and enthusiasm. And she said she felt really welcome. She's running along with her coach and her boyfriend, Tom. She's in the marathon. She can hear runners and spectators saying, oh, look, a woman. And she's feeling pretty good about it. And this media van drives up and starts getting pictures of her. And the photographers are snapping away when the race manager, a guy named Jock Semple, who was on the media van, jumps off the van and starts chasing her. And the race officials were absolutely against women competing in the marathon. And Jock Semple was furious that she had slipped by. So he starts chasing her while she's competing. He's running after her. He's lunging at her. He's trying to take her bib off of her. And um, he's doing all of this with the media van that he arrived with. So guess who's taking pictures of the whole thing? I'll tell you, it's the media. (laughs) Yeah. And what is this guy's name? Jock Semple. Not Simple. Semple. S-E-M-P-L-E. That literally sounds like a character in a novel that is supposed to sound like Jock Simple. <laughs> right. <laughs> and here comes Simple Jock not being able to accept things that he cannot change. Right. So there are all these pictures of him like basically assaulting her. And at one point, he grabbed her shoulder and he flung her back and screamed, quote, get the hell out of my race and give me those numbers, end quote. But remember, she's running with her coach and her boyfriend, Tom. Now, this was Tom Miller, a 235-pound ex-football player and nationally ranked hammer thrower. (laughs) (laughs) Soon to be a jock semple thrower. Right. (laughs) So um, her coach Arnie is trying to protect her and Jock Semple like tosses him to the ground. And in in doing that, he actually knocks another competitor who had nothing to do with anything to the ground as well. And along comes Tom, the hammer thrower, an ex-football player, and he knocks Jock Semple to the ground and the media got it all. And these photographs make world headlines because... You know, it's ridiculous. So Catherine finished the marathon in four hours and 20 minutes. And Semple later said that Switzer had been issued a number through an oversight in the entry screening process. And because of all of this, like all the people who didn't want women to compete really hunkered down. And the AAU, oh man, I forget what that stands for. It's some sort of athletic thing. The Amateur Athletic Union. Yes, thank you. So the Amateur Athletic Union barred women from all competitions with male runners and violators lost their right to compete in any race. So Switzer with other female runners had tried to convince the Boston Athletic Association to allow women to participate. And finally, in 1972, the Boston Marathon established an official women's race. And... Catherine said, quote, I knew if I quit, nobody would ever believe that women had the capability to run 26 plus miles. If I quit, everyone would say it was a publicity stunt. If I quit, it would set women's sports back way back instead of forward. If I quit, I'd never run Boston. 
if I quit, Jock Semple and all those like him would win. These stories are interesting to me because I just take for granted how much I can do. Like, if I want to run in the Boston Marathon, all I have to do is qualify. I don't have to be a guy. You see that? It might. That, it is quite a hurdle, but yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And um, Catherine was actually not the very first woman to run in the Boston Marathon. That was a lady by the name of Roberta Gibbs. And she ran the Boston Marathon three years in a row. And she would hide in the bushes near the start of the race. And she did this in 1966, 67, and 68. And she ran the whole thing an hour faster than Catherine Switzer. She ran it, Bobby ran it in about three hours and 20 minutes. She didn't have to, she didn't have to fight off some crazy man. (laughs) That's true. Um, And the official first female champion of the Boston Marathon was in 1972, a lady by the name of Nina Kuschik. And that is the story of how women came to be able to run in the Boston Marathon. Number one, I don't know why anyone would fight for the right to be in a marathon. Like, if, <laughs> I, Personally, I cannot imagine any desire to do such a thing. And also, I thought this rang familiar for another reason, so I just did a quick Google, and 50 years to the date, like on the 50-year anniversary of the run that you just talked about, she ran it again and oh. crossed the finish line. So she competed and completed the Boston Marathon 50 years later. Holy cow. That means she was at least 50. (laughs) And guess what? She was like probably 70 at that point. She was. She was 70. That's crazy. And only lost 25 minutes on the marathon time. Wow. That's impressive. And as I'm looking at this article, I'm seeing all these shots of that dumbass race race guy chasing after her. And here comes her boyfriend, Body Blow. (laughs) Boom. Isn't the look on Jock Semple's face like scary like he oh yes it's severe they say a picture is worth a thousand words uh, and then some for that one for sure yep well thanks for sharing and yeah talk about perseverance and i guess she kept with it because 50 years later still doing it damn guess what i've never run one nope or even half of one <laughs> and i don't plan on it the most i've done is a 10k i'm used to 5ks and about 7ks in i was like this is stupid (laughs) why did i do this (laughs) i'm with you i'll be a spectator till the end